0: Too many jams. So about all things 20-year-old. With helpful friends, experts, and our own personal experiences. We hope to shed some light on those issues that leave our age group lost and confused. Um, Have you ever started a tech company and raised money and hired 12 people and done all that stuff? Nope. Me either. Have you ever heard of a company called Sherpa? Uh, Well, (laughs) yeah, we have today because we talked with Max Tremaine, the CEO of Sherpa, and David Riley, a friend of ours from school who now works at Sherpa, set the whole thing up, and a really cool episode, really smart guy, uh, amazing what he's been able to do, and he was just so casual talking about it. But
1: Yeah, super intelligent dude, um, and as we found out after the show, guy reads a lot. So
0: Guy reads a lot.
1: It, it And it explains a lot, actually.
0: Yeah, so uh, the episode starts out, we, we talk a little bit about his company, a little bit about his story and how a guy goes from basically skiing and riding mountain bikes to being the ceo and co-founder of a basically a tech company
1: tech company that has now just started uh raising a bunch of capital through three vcs so yeah it's cool interesting stuff
0: and uh we we talk about that for a bit and then we just end up uh shooting the shit at the end and he has some funny hot takes on uh some of our previous episodes let's say oh that. yeah
1: he listened back to uh <laughs> to some of the early days episodes and uh you know, he's, uh, he's, he's, got, uh, he's got an opinion on the rent versus buy. So.
0: And uh, David was nice enough to join us on this pod and chat a little bit about himself. He's got a funny story, too, about how he likes to get jobs. And I think we have to go deeper into that on, on a different episode because I feel like he's got his own treasure chest of good stuff. But we won't take uh, too much more time Get into the episode here. Uh, brought to you by True History, obviously, and Wrist and Rye. But just enjoy it. Have a good time. See you there
2: goes another 20 year
0: old Holy shit I hate those guys Got 20 year those guys. Somebody help these 20 It's time to figure it out Ricky Don't
2: touch me Don't touch me Don't fucking touch me
1: Hello <laughs> Welcome And <laughs> welcome to Too Many Jams A show about all things 20 year old
0: You know what's funny? Yeah We already did that Because we've yep. done the intro at home <laughs> So <laughs> let's go okay, again. Let's go again.
1: All right. So today we're on site with
0: uh start this once more. Once more. I normally do the intros. I'm like I, throw, <laughs> I like throwing them on the spot really? though, yeah. Get him out of his <laughs> yeah, comfort okay. zone.
1: Today we're on site at e uh sorry at one more time one you time. got this. Today we're on site at Sherpa at uh at, their Workspace home, at one. the Workspace One at Co- yeah, their co working space. And we're joined by David and Max. Max is the founder yeah, of, of the Shipper. A. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And David is a janitor here. <laughs> and it's a really funny relationship. No, Rob, I'm going to leave all that stuff in the intro, by the way, because I think that's a hilarious <laughs> start to the podcast. Um, but welcome, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. And let's, you know, let's crack a beer. Let's get talking. Perfect. Uh, so you'll notice we're drinking a new flavor of True History.
1: Not Max though.
0: Not Max. He's a he's a Pilsner guy. Yeah, he's an OG. OG, but we're gonna try this new flavor and give it a little on-air sip test. This is
1: even on markets yet, but the the True History guys dropped off uh, some fresh Twelve Swans, which is a pale ale. And check out that packaging. Is on that it. not is that not delicious?
0: It's really cool. It's That's
1: delicious. really good.
0: Very nice. Like it's a good beer. A lot of people ask, they're like, oh, you're sponsored by a beer. Is it actually good? It's your friend's beer. And I'm like, yeah. Like, why would I, why would I put so much on the line and be like, it's so good if I was just lying. It's really
3: good. It's so good. would be your friend if it wasn't good beer either.
0: I wouldn't be friends with people who make bad beer. Uh, so we just want to give them a shout out. You can get it at restaurants and bars now that has true history. But in the LCBOs, it'll probably be more like April. They're Farmer in the Sky Pilsner, which Max is drinking his in stores now. Um, but you guys, you have a beer on tap here. In your work, in your office. Yeah, we get collective arts. Oh, make sure your mic's uh, your mic stays up. Yeah, we mic. get we get collective arts on a
4: new one on a weekly or biweekly basis. I think biweekly. It's nice. Yeah. Do you guys ever run
0: out? Like, uh, keep it up. Uh.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the keg fiasco of yeah, last week. Yeah,
4: yeah, we do, we do run out. Um, they've had some turnover in their uh, receptionists and. Everybody's going nuts. You know, if people aren't able to print. That's fine. <laughs> not able to get in, whatever. People are going nuts about the beer. So, uh, not just yeah. the keg guy now. Yeah, I change the kegs now.
1: You guys are pretty big beer drinkers.
4: Yeah, pr- pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what like, would you yeah.
0: say you split between time on the Peloton bike and times having pints here? <laughs> Roughly even. Roughly even. Yeah. You ever mix the two at the same time?
4: Uh,. I think you uh, I think yeah. I've seen you. Just yeah. hydrate with yeah. collective yeah. arts while you're That's not my general that's not my general thing, but yeah. <laughs> <for> <laughs>
0: it's funny those Pelotons are intense. Um, but that's a whole other topic on their own. Yeah. Uh, we wanna know uh, we wanna know a little bit just give us a little preview but the company you you because I think one, founding a company amazing. Two, especially to have staff and investors, right? Yep. So let's talk let's talk about Sherpa.
4: Yeah, definitely. So uh, you know, we set out um, I mean like the the grand vision is we want to make it easier for people to travel uh, right now You know a major source of anxiety for people is going through customs and immigration when they arrive somewhere um, and We make that whole process a lot easier by helping people understand what visa they need and then helping them apply for it um, But uh, you know our, our kind of road to get here has been has been pretty long uh, myself and Ivan my co-founder we got started thinking about this around 2014 um, we'd both had kind of issues understanding and applying for visas. He'd overstayed visas before. I've had, had to get deported? trips because of visas. Uh, he's from Russia. <laughs> he had to travel with a Russian passport. That's tough. And that that is pretty tough. Um, <laughs> he has a Canadian passport now. Which he's very well. Congrats. Very happy about Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. We started out thinking it was an issue. Just kind of some little applications to help people out with their with their own applications and then uh, a couple of years ago so like 2016 we started facilitating the whole process uh, made a really clean application 2017 we decided we were going to take all of the operations in-house and do everything ourselves in a very kind of um you know using whatever technology was available to do it in the best way possible. Um, And then uh, we ended up going the venture funding route. Um, Our first uh, major investment was from the former CEO uh, and former CMO of Expedia, uh, Eric Blatchford. Ever heard of it? (laughs) Really amazing people. Uh, Knew a lot about the travel industry. Ivan and I weren't from the travel industry. We just kind of... Found an issue and tried to solve it. Um, those guys brought a lot into the company, and uh, and then this year we did our seed round, uh, led by True Ventures out in uh, out in San Francisco, um, and uh, they they've been fantastic to work with too. And we've been beating all of our goals, exceeding all of our expectations. It's uh, it's been amazing. You know, it's a, it's really a problem that people have.
0: I wonder what that feels like beating, and exceeding goals. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, right? Um, can we take it one day? Can we take a quick step back? Um, yeah. I always like to know not just what you're doing, but like how someone like it, it's going to be a little condensed. It's going to be hard to do. It's going to be a bit more romanticized. But how someone even <clears throat> meanders their way to to this point? Like even just like you know, in uh, in kind of a brief history of even coming from middle school, who you thought you'd be in high school. University, kind of what you studied, where you thought you'd go, your parents' kind of pressures, all that.
4: Yeah, sure. I mean, it's been um, it's been a lot of jams. It's been a lot of different yeah. stuff. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I started out like uh, you know, me and 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 Ivan, we were both really big skiers. I was a big cyclist, and uh, you know, high school. I just figured that was all I was ever ever was ever going to do. Uh, we were in uh, we were in a high school. Um, computing and arts program together. We were on the physics team together. So you guys have been friends for a while. Our big thing. Oh yeah. We've been friends. I think I I think he says I was his first friend in Canada. He says that every day. Yeah, most (laughs) days. He likes
0: to make a note. (laughs) We know each other since we were This is my first friend in Canada.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nice to meet you as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's usually how
4: I'm introduced. But um so but you know, the big thing was was really um really for us was was skiing and biking and then when I was 17, I had just a catastrophic cycling injury. I fell about a story, uh, in, in, in motion onto my right foot, my tibia and fibula separated around my foot, like so the bones in my leg hit the ground. It was... Uh, uh,
0: how did this happen? How did you follow the story? Was it a bend? Like, did you go off the side of a bend? No,
4: no, no. no. This was... Um, so this would have been off of a jump, and it was... Oh, uh,
0: you were doing dirt jumping.
4: Yeah. Oh. I was picturing, like, road no. cycling, like, tour de France. Yeah, same. No, 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 no. This was uh, a... <laughs> Yeah, this was. A, it, I don't actually remember much at all about what happened. I like. I, I basically woke up in the
0: was in this the, um, uh, on the way to the hospital. So was this? Was this like Whistler? Was this local? Was this like? No, at
4: the time I was working at uh, Muskoka Woods in the summers. Yeah, uh, as a cycling instructor, oh, that's and it was so there. Sad. And it was it was really shitty because I. Like I don't really remember it, but apparently I was just screaming obscenities at a group yeah. of kids, <laughs> yeah. and they're kind of tra- they're kind of trapped with me, right? <laughs> so it's like, like, wow, you know, the, the guy who's in charge is like in pieces on the ground. You're, what am I supposed to do
2: You
0: lift up his leg? And yeah, like, yeah. Ah! It was. Uh, like, yeah, that's so wild. May,
1: so maybe not as extreme, tough. but I used to do something quite similar up at uh, I don't know if you know Kilku. Okay, Kilku Camp. Yeah, I yeah, ran yeah. the uh, the white water and mountain biking program nice. there yeah. For, yeah, uh, you for, weren't, for a you bunch weren't of years. You weren't getting
0: twenty foot airs though.
1: No, I wasn't. I definitely wasn't hitting jumps or anything. But you know, half of the program was uh, mountain biking through uh, some trails that are on the the reserve, and then the other half was time. white water kayaking, so, and it was super fun.
0: Where were these jumps? They were by Muskoka Woods. Uh,
1: yeah,
4: like they have their whole they have all their own facilities. Uh, Rich. It's a beautiful setup. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. much money there. I love it. Uh, uh, yeah, that's why you got to go. That's why you got to go work there. You know, you don't have to. So you don't have to pay to be there. Uh, but it's, it's a fantastic setup what they've got there. And, but, but I mean that for me was a real catalyst, you know, I kind of realized I was doing, uh, just enough to get by with school enough to kind of make my parents happy. But, um, then I realized like, Oh, like this can't be my life anymore. I've got to really figure something out.
0: How long was the rehab?
4: Uh, rehab, like all together with physio, it lasted longer than a year to really get things figured out again, to get back to a decent range of motion. Jeez. It was really tough. And how know? is
1: it? Like today,
4: yeah, it's fine. I got gnarly scars. Like I've got two
0: plates, two oh, pins, wow. oh, yeah, six screws
4: it. still in there. This is the big one.
0: Oh yeah. <clears throat> really just low. to describe it for the camera here, just like both sides of his ankles, you got about a six inch scar going up. Yeah.
4: So, uh, so now it's, it's just about better. I still have issues with, uh, with impact. So I, I can't ride or ski the way I really want to anymore. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of that is for good though, yeah. right? Like I, I figured, you know, I really have to go figure out what I'm going to do for my do in my life after this. So you had no more... idea when you were at
0: camp, you like you had a technical background, but you really yeah. loved to ski and bike, and you thought you yeah. could maybe just find a life. I traveling thought I'd and... be
4: like a you know designer for like a ski company or something like that, cool. or or something like that, uh, and I'd be able to like live in this stuff. And then after after my injury, I was like, no, I'm not gonna feel good just being kind of a part of one of these industries I'm gonna I gotta find something that I can just go kind of do so got really into studying again I had a great uh, high school law teacher uh, made me really want to study law so I went to uh, I went to Laurier Uh, studied um, political science and psychology Political
1: science major as well.
4: You know yeah. what?
0: You guys have a lot in common, by the way. I'm yeah. Going to get to that later. Yeah, yeah. should probably just hire me at the company. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Are you looking for a job? I, Do you need I any got... on-staff podcasters? Or... <laughs> yeah.
1: Musicians. <plus laughs> bartender. You know what? I can serve the collective arts. Actually, I got my smart serve. Yeah. Very nice. Um, that's a
0: that's a good proposition. I like that.
1: <laughs> in many cool. other ways, I would, yeah, I'd probably be helpful other than the actual. Yeah, work on the company. Money, <laughs>
0: business, yeah, business yeah. making money, stuff like that. You know, we don't know yet. We haven't done it, but, but culture. You're guy. very, you're
4: very honest. That's that's uh, that's a desirable trait for sure.
0: So you went to you went to Laurier for was this a law program?
4: No, this was political science and psychology. Just to get okay. Um, while I was there, I really kind of um, it really kind of revealed my love of um, statistics. I'd always liked stats, but I kind of realized there, they have a, a fantastic institute there, the Laurier Institute for the Study of Public Opinion and Policy, Liz Pop, super long acronym, <laughs> but they have just an amazing group of statisticians in their pol- poli department that really helped me kind of uh, cultivate that that interest. Uh, so I did like a an undergrad research paper on uh, the effects of Question wording on response validity, so it's like you know, can you make people think completely different things based on how you word a question and stuff like that? Mm. Uh, I started the Laurier Student Poll, which is still Canada's only student-run polling authority. What that was really cool. What was
1: the consensus on that? Uh, you know, oh yeah, I was, re- I was
4: able to reproduce uh, a study that had been done in the 80s around this. It was kind of There's not been a lot of study done like it kind of makes sense, right? Like if you were if you use stronger words people are probably going to associate Whatever you're saying with stronger ideas But there have not been a lot of studies that actually try to see kind of how far you can take this and I was seeing You know what little kind of Modulations can you make on wording to uh, and, and does that kind of show up the same way that a big modulation shows up? And I was able to show that you know the big modulations make a difference. The, the little ones don't. I think it'd be really interesting kind of uh, set of research to to follow. Um, but uh, but I I love that. Like I really really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed all my stats stuff. I ended up doing an an undergrad in econ as well because I couldn't find enough stats classes. So, you it's did kind of the opposite like a of all triple my triple undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> I, was doing, I was doing all the opposite of like all the other people I was going to school with. Everybody was like, fuck, I got to take a stats class. I was like, man, I need more stats classes. Um, so, uh, so that was a really good time. Um, and so I started thinking, yeah, I'm definitely going to do law. I ended thinking, no, I've got to do something in like stats and quantitative analysis. So, I went into um, actually, I, I while I was there, um, and actually, going back to like after my injury in high school, I did an internship in high school at a really small company. It was like five people. They were doing. They were an offshoot of a company uh, that I knew about just from family friends, and uh, they were selling software to uh, hedge fund managers. And I was do I was doing cold calling. Uh, so I was just like a seventeen-year-old cold calling hedge fund managers and they gave me like the absolute worst region to call. I was calling like Texas and Arkansas. Like if you're a hedge fund in Texas and Arkansas. Good luck. It's interesting, <laughs> and, so, and, and they all knew each other. They were all a part of, all the people I was calling were all a part of the same like golf clubs and stuff like that. So I called, I remember, uh, oh, I shouldn't say his name. This guy, I remember calling this guy Buck. Okay. And he was like, what the hell are you doing calling me? Da da da, I'm a real busy guy. And I'm like, what do hedge fund managers do? And he just. Just like drops the phone on me. I call literally three people later on the list. And he's like,
0: you the, you the guy called Buck. I heard about you. We know about you around here. Yeah,
4: it was really funny. And then uh, as so, I, I worked in market research and then the same people who had started that company were finding a little bit of traction in a really similar product. And uh, I went, uh, they didn't really have anyone doing marketing or any sort of, Analysis on the on how the kind of business was operating so uh, I left I was at Nielsen doing market research I left to go back there just because it, it was a it was always something I found more exciting was the small team Figuring out what product to sell really trying deeply to understand who their customers were and what was going on um, So I went there and around that same time. I reconnected with uh, with Ivan
0: who i knew just from
4: high school and skiing and he's uh, I mean, like,
0: hey, first Canadian friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great to see you. It's been a while.
4: Oh, he was an amazingly like prolific designer and developer of digital products, which is something I didn't really have any experience in. And so I knew like, you know, this is a really cool space, really interesting stuff to do. I should really connect with Ivan and we should try to find an interesting, you know, rabbit hole to go down in this in this space.
0: So just to pause you, yeah, sure. all these transitions and all this stuff. Like when when you hurt your when you hurt your foot and you made a transition, you, you get into school and you're making these decisions. Were you having decision anxiety? Were things kind of were, were things kind of just going down a natural path? Did you feel like you're just going where the flow was going, or were you making conscious kind of stops?
4: Yeah, it depends. Like you know, the the ankle was a really big shock and that kind of you know woke me up and said like you've really got to focus. Um, the shift into stats was really. Um, fairly sudden, but also like, but it was like, it was, it was a similar thing in a nice way where, you know, I had my, I remember I had my first, uh, stats class that had a research option and I was like, wow, like this is actually super fun. Like I could see myself doing this and then, uh, market research was like, this is literally the best paying job. I'm going to find in stats (laughs) (laughs) kind of thing. Uh, and then. You know, uh, the move into a smaller company was just sitting there. And I thought Nielsen was a great company, but um, I just, I I didn't like the environment. You didn't have a lot of, uh, you weren't able to, you know, have a lot of say in terms of how stuff was presented. You didn't really get to see how stuff was consumed and understand like how things should be changing. A lot of things were really set and they would have been set like decades ago Yeah, and people were kind of operating the way they'd operated. And the people were doing a great job at doing that. It just wasn't for me. Um, so mm-hmm. moving into a, so that, that took a while where it was like eating at me a little bit. And I was like, no, you know, all the people I really look up to and admire have kind of started their own companies or are doing really kind of interesting new stuff. So I've kind of got to move out of that. That probably took me like about a, probably like, eight months to a year of just mulling over. So it's
0: kind of like, I'd say more of like a learn by doing, like you see a couple steps, you choose the one that seems like the best one. You didn't spend too much time mulling it. And then you started doing it and then you started to learn more about what you like. You learned you like stats in school. When you got there, you didn't know you'd do that, but you kind of landed in a general program. Mm -hmm. And then leaving, worked at a big company, realized you didn't like it. Okay, I'm gonna look at a smaller company, meet up with Ivan. Now you're here and you're like, you know, this guy's got a cool set of skills. You know, you can work in a small company environment. You know what it looks like. And you say, okay, let's, you know, let's see if we can see, invent or not invent something. Let's see if we can see a, a place where we can use our skills. How does that then develop? Were you traveling? Were you needing visas? Like,
4: yeah, I mean, it had been something that had come up with, actually, like, it was funny. It kind of hit us in the face. We were, we'd come up with like a few different ideas for ways that we could, uh, we could kind of help people out um, we were just doing it the kind of evenings and weekends let's try to build some cool stuff do things really lean do some product tests and stuff like that and uh, we had a few of these ideas one of them I was driving down to uh, to a Wolverines game and uh, we crossed the border into Michigan and one of the people in the car says oh you know you can drink in public in Michigan I was like bullshit you do <laughs> like i don't know who you heard that from you're completely wrong we googled uh you know can you drink outside in michigan and like you know couldn't find anything on google that was like real and we didn't find the real law until we got back we we're like oh man we should make an application that will like you just enter where you're going and put in like a couple little things that just tells you what the law is so we built i built the database for that where i indexed a bunch of these laws like you know cannabis and gun and drinking laws uh things you'd want to know road trip. yeah can i bring like my that. gun yes yeah. smoke weed and yeah. drink
0: while i'm in michigan that's what i want to know
4: and then ivan built a really cool app around this database where it's like if literally every time it would like you it would see that you crossed a the border and, and he's would, like it how it to make new canadian friends across where border. it was like if you cross the border from nevada <laughs> into california It'd be like, woo!
0: You can smoke weed, but put your guns away. Kind yeah. of thing. It was really, it was, re- it was really fun. It You're, was cool. A, it your, your co- sorry, your coding knowledge is that from high school?
4: Um, or, well, that's an interesting thing. Like a lot of these uh, skills, that I've just kind of built over the over the years. The coding knowledge was mostly from when I was at Nielsen. I was starting to learn coding in Python and stuff like that. Okay. A lot of stuff about databases. Um, so that was like a
0: yeah. st- a statistician's kind of skill base yeah, at the yeah, time yeah. that they said you're definitely looking for this? was kind of reapplying
1: that to the to products okay. now.
0: Yeah, sorry to, sorry to cut you off, Rob.
1: I was just going to say it reminds me a bit of the social network. Keep that. The, the, the beginning of the social network, you know, where he he's hot. like, he's like oh, I want to do this, like, hot or not. And he just hops in there and does it the one night, you know,
0: crushing a couple
1: beers. So basically Without you're going to be Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you want to be Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah.
4: He's kind of universally hated now for whatever reason, but um, it, but so that product, you know, we we put it out and people were like, oh, this is fun, this is interesting. We were having trouble like keeping it on people's phone, getting them to download it, um, and then we started asking like we had we had some users and we went out and we talked to like a hundred users to see like you know what are we doing wrong what can we what can we figure out here and we heard like 70 times, if I'm traveling, the laws I wanna know are like the visa and customs laws. Nice. It happened so off- often that we were like, oh wow, you know what, like we've had issues with visas, all these people are having issues with visas, we really gotta do something in the visa space. So it wasn't some like grand vision or some like really interesting insight we had. It but was But like- it never is, right? Like yeah, it, it no, never is.
0: People that have these companies, it always it started out with I want to know what good looking girls go to Harvard or whatever school yeah. was. Yeah. He didn't. He did not know he'd have the biggest social network. It's in the always world. a pivot. Side note: Um, a friend of ours was working in the states mm-hmm. and was deported because visa stuff, and she wow. really wanted to stay in. There was a lot of confusion, so okay. she made just a, a community. Yeah, a, just a community of travelers to talk and share their knowledge. But something. I wonder. If she'd be someone to connect you guys with, because if you have the tool for it Absolutely. and she's got a community, um, but it's Canalian, it's Sydney. Oh, really? Her brother just won a Stanley Cup. He was the goalie for uh, the St. St. Louis Blues. Damn. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I definitely, I'll see yeah. if, if if that's something uh, we can connect you to. We talk to her well, often. I appreciate it. Yeah. Can you tell
1: us about the name, Sherpa?
4: Yeah, the name is kind of funny too. And that was <laughs> kind of a long process. We've we had like multiple names. Started out as like, so the first thing we did was <clears throat> called Every Law, and then we had a few different names, and one was called Borderlines, and we really liked the idea of Borderlines, because what we were trying to do is like erase borders, right? It's like, if you're traveling, you don't have to worry about borders. We'll deal with all the visas. But uh, then we looked it up. We were trying to do our initial um, kind of, you know, uh, figure out all of our kind of trademark stuff, and we found that there were just a few companies named Borderlines. Some of them were like quite similar to what we were doing where it was not doing the same thing but similar enough where it was like okay this is going to be a challenge in the future kind of thing Um, and we were sitting there and we're like okay well we don't need to settle on a name for the rest of our lives right now let's literally just find the easiest name that we're not going to get a copyright challenge on so we were talking to this IP lawyer and he was like well and you know you, you can't copyright like the names of, uh, and I think it was like places and like groups of people. And we were both like Sherpa. <laughs> it's just like, it's a group of people. And, you know, we're both, pe- we both love the mountains, obviously. So we're like, love the stories of like Edmund Hillary and Tenzin Norgay, where it's like, you know, Hillary's the guy getting all the glory and Norgay is like carrying his bag in the yeah. background kind of thing. <laughs> it's we, like the we camera crew saw like, the Deadliest Im- Catch. Yeah, yeah. We saw that image <laughs> and we were just like, that's so us, you know? Like we're, somebody's going out, they're getting all the glory of travel and we're kind of carrying their documents in the background. So we love that. And we expected it to be like a really, we didn't expect it to stick. Like we expected it to be a temporary name while we were figuring things out. And we just could never find a better name.
0: I like it. I like it too. I, like I it. love it's very it. Yeah. suiting. And I think yeah, yeah. I think names, as long as they mean something to you guys, I think that's it. You can you can give anything meaning. Uh, and then what, I, what? My next question I wanted to ask is: Okay, so you're you're transitioning this company. People are asking for visas. You have users, and um, so did you keep that user base, and then just basically take that database model. Towards visa stuff. At what point do you then say we have a business that requires investors? Like, what are the natural progressions of a startup after user feedback?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of it came down to just analyzing what was happening. Um, so, you know, we found with our first kind of couple hundred applications was it was highly transactional. You know, people weren't coming back after they'd applied. And actually, you know, we found now that. Looking at it two years later, some a lot of people actually do. You know, they'll go apply for a Turkish visa with us, come back a year later and apply for an Indian visa. It's not, but it's not a common thing, right? Like nobody's gonna sit on our app. Nobody's gonna go to our application every day to see what it's, the it's not know, Instagram Rwanda yeah. and yeah. requirements are and stuff like that. So we were kind of in a we were kind of in this mode where we're like, all right, we got to find our like scalable channel, basically, and we spent you know. If we had the product set up, you know, midway through or the end of 2015, you know, we spent the better part of two years trying to figure out what that scalable channel was going to be. And then, you know, we found a a couple of them where it was like we could set up partnerships with travel companies that were really going to work out. Um, We took the first, um, yeah, the first person we took on outside of the two of us was was Jake, who hired, hired David. Nice. Um, he was our sales guy. We were guy. just <laughs> dismal at sales. It was uh, <laughs> you guys were
0: analyzing everything. You're like, what you know, are the numbers? Was, <laughs> and I have a story. It's crazy. We uh,
4: <laughs> well, we had our first conversation with an airline, and we're like, airlines, they'll be a big deal. So I put together this big report on like how it was going to affect their business and all this different stuff. And uh, and Jake's like, yeah, I love what you guys are doing. You know, I'd love to give you some advice. Let me sit in on that sales call. So I'm like, yeah, sweet and you know he was work he was working he was a very well-paid salesperson like it was very slim chance we were going to get this guy on the team um and he sat in on this call i get on people are like yeah i'm really excited to hear about this like let us know about it and i'm like you know the best place to start is probably the appendix (laughs) because i'm thinking like these guys are going to want to really know deeply that all of these numbers actually make sense and after me sitting there and talking about how we got to all these numbers for 20 minutes? They just did not want to hear anything about our company. <laughs> and uh,
0: <laughs> not everyone shares your enthusiasm yeah. for statistics.
4: And we, we get off this call, and Jake is just like, "All right, I've got to help you guys out." Like, <laughs> it was actually perfect. But
0: he saw yeah. he saw obviously that it was a good yeah. idea.
4: Oh yeah, like the, the it was just the fact that they would get on a call with us was enough to say that they were interested mm-hmm. in solving this problem. They said that they were interested in solving this problem. They just didn't want these like ridiculous Canadian eggheads to do it for them. Um, so uh, so that was a that was kind of a big um, change for us was having someone to then sell the product because it was clear that we were gonna have to move from selling travelers to selling to travel companies Mm -hmm. Um, and then you know once once that happened that leads to you know once we have um, real clients interested, then investors become interested. Right. They can see the growth. They can you, see. If you, you can, you, you can do with one on.
0: company, you can do it with a few. You can yeah. do it with, and they they're
4: the, and they're the ones that want to see the analysis. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's really good to... it's a really like the, the kind of skills that you need early on are the a uh, kind of deep market analysis type experience. You need someone who can actually build products, and you need someone who can sell things. Um, and uh, and we kind of had that. All that together investors wanted to see what's the total addressable market how are you gonna get there what are your unit economics gonna be how are those gonna change what kind of team do you need to do this I was able to put a lot of that stuff together and we had Ivan building and we had Jake selling it was a it was kind of a perfect storm for what we were doing once we had found out that people were actually interested in applying for visas
1: that's a really cool story and the, the product essentially is people go on the website they so do they fill out a form and well, tell you like the sort of product their travel plans? at its most
4: basic level just takes information about a traveler and turns it into a travel visa. So there are a few different uh, kind of forms for that on the front end. Mm-hmm. Like we have a lot of different ways that we can work with companies. But like the thing that separates us from like a visa services company is that for us. It's, it's all technology behind the scenes, right? You know, like if you're, if you're applying for, it, like if you're a Norwegian going to the States, um, a lot of people don't, just don't know they need anything, uh, but you need a US ESTA. They have like a program you need to just kind of clear yourself with if you're a European traveling to the States. Um, you know, any service company or travel agency would go type in all your stuff. What we do is we serve, hey, here's the detail we need about a traveler to get them an ESTA. We take that in. We push out the ESTA confirmation number <laughs> while they're buying the ticket. While they're buying the ticket, Six so apart. it's a, yeah. So it's like you know it, that's the front end can be um, you know as straightforward as that. It can be as complex as like you know we have a form that we serve to people because we can't just kind of capture their data otherwise. There are a few different ways.
1: ESTA, can you clarify?
4: Electronic System for Travel Authorization. This it's just a it's like literally just a website that the U.S. government has where it's like you give us your name and we'll tell you whether or not you're on a watch list. Yeah. Are <laughs> you a terrorist? Yeah. Did you know, <laughs> you? know what ESTA
0: was? No, but I didn't uh, need to know what it was.
4: <laughs> yeah, they're like they're like sixty <laughs> countries now that have like some equivalent system to like an ESTA, whether it's like, like Canada. An ETA or an EVSA. Canada has Canada an ETA. Household. We have the same thing here for yeah. Europeans <laughs> traveling here. Uh, um yeah they're gonna be like 120 <laughs> countries in the next two years that have these kind of requirements it's it's kind so of crazy
0: you're, again probably something investors see and and are like this is great for you yeah. uh everyone's yeah. getting more scared yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, and putting these systems in that's place right um and that's great man like getting getting investors people who believe in you will give you their money um it, it, the thing is uh, uh, this might be controversial to say i don't think it's as hard as people seem once you've done all that you just said
4: well you can ask them what they're looking for right right you know and 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 a lot of them will have like different things that they're looking for so i think you really have to like the first time you talk to an investor you gotta ask like you know what do you guys look for in a company because they'll tell you outright like i'm looking for a company that's going to have x number of returns on capital uh i want i want to see you know what you're spending on and like you know whether or not there's a opportunity to, uh, to have a kind of mode around your, uh, around your product. Um, you know, there, there, there are all these different things they'll look for. They'll tell you what they are. And then you've just got to kind of say, this is how we're going to have these things. It's um, a good exercise man. too.
0: in and cause you want to know the answer to that as well. Oh, yeah, Like, are, are you, <laughs> where's your, where's your paycheck coming from? You know, you want to know that you can do all this stuff. So it's the it's same as when we were applying for, small funding you have to put together a little business plan and it's really about the yeah. exercise of making that plan proven to yourself mm-hmm. as well that you can do all that stuff um and it's great like we're sitting in an in a office uh you have your team in there yeah. they seem really nice and i think a lot of time that's also what's enticing to investors is yeah. how you work you guys obviously had a core good team and
4: we went from yeah we were three people in march we're 12 13 people now 14 people now. wow including um Including Dave. Young Dave, David David yeah. David's actually an elder elder statesman for uh was by trade returns. Well,
2: yeah.
0: Um, uh, yeah, I remember you mentioning yeah. that. So yeah. so yeah. Dave, David David, we've a history. We called him young Davo for a while. Um but so my my old business partner, uh for the jewelry that I'm wearing, that's also sponsored by the podcast, Shut Out Rist and Rye. Um, they were cousins. And so he just appears in my life. And roommates. And roommates, yeah. yeah. So he just appears in my life through with this.
3: Uh DeLangley.
0: Oh yeah! Did you know you didn't know that? I didn't know you, you didn't guys know were related. That? Yeah. Um no we shit! Immediately okay. hit it off. Just exactly. two handsome young gentlemen, you know. And uh, I remember when he was talking <laughs> about applying for jobs. I always appreciated how weird you did it. <laughs> You're like, I'm thinking I just, you know, chained myself to their door. <laughs> so they, no, you never did that. But like, no, just, I did some weird things. You, you, do you have a couple like small highlights before you you worked here of how you got some jobs?
3: Yeah. So the the first weird thing I did to get a job was when I got my internship at Taxi, which is an ad agency. I don't know if you know of it. But um, so it was the first like, real job I ever actually got. And I was like, I'm determined to get this thing. I have no background in advertising. I studied environmental science. And that's only because I transferred to universities. And I said, let me graduate with whatever degree lets me graduate the quickest. So they threw me in that. So I was like, okay, what do you – and I just watched a shit ton of Mad Men. Yeah. So I (laughs) was all hyped up on what would Dawn (laughs) Vapor kinda do. And so I put together a video. (laughs) A video I I made my resume and then I put together a video of Showing all the skills that I thought a good account person would need. And what were some of these the skills? Hard working. So it was just me doing push up shirtless. <laughs> I'm serious. Didn't you sit on a fridge too? Yeah, yeah. It was adaptable and it was just me crouching <laughs> in the apartment in like different it was a horrible video, but in like different filters and different positions and cabinets. Yeah this is hilarious. I, I mean, imagine it he's
0: showing, he, he's like showing this to us. I'm like, I'm going to send this to a company. And I'm, and I'm sitting there and half of me is like,
3: this guy's fucking nuts. Hey, I, I th- cracked th- an th- egg in my mouth. Risk taking and the other half was like it's so crazy just my work it worked and it worked you got it i got there so i i worked at taxi for four months on the canadian tire account it was was, like it was a summer thing right it was just a summer internship because i had
1: another year of school so wait you send this video in what was the feedback they loved it
3: (laughs) (laughs) they're like you and i remember it being kind of weird because all the other interns had gone through um like a program like they, they did a degree to learn Counts in advertising and, and I didn't Yeah And they're all Quite a bit older than me But it, the, the weirdest part about that Was actually talking to All of my coworkers At like the end of my internship And they all had bets They always had bets The first day Of which intern Would survive The entire summer Oh And I was the intern They voted would leave The fastest They're <laughs> like This guy doesn't survive See
0: I would be the opposite If I saw you cracking An egg in your mouth yeah. And okay. doing all this stuff I'm yeah. like This guy's going the distance
3: But see that only went to HR I didn't make it through oh, HR. Dude, I would have shared
0: that to my Facebook after. <laughs> do you
3: still got have it? I want to see this video. I, have, I can send you the video. Can you send yeah. us it's a perfect. video? It'd be, I think it would
0: be hilarious to put uh, well, on the, on the yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have it on my
3: computer. We'll get it. So
0: then how, did you, how do you get a job with a nice normal company like Sherpa?
3: It, it took a while. Okay. It took a move to Montreal. Um, so basically I went back to school after that internship. Finished up my degree. And then I wanted to move up, I guess, in my career as quickly as possible.
0: As you sh- would.
3: As anyone would. And yeah. so I decided that, uh, again, basically everyone in my family telling me it was a horrible idea to work at a bank. Because mm. I'm just not a very corporate kind of guy. Went and worked at a bank for a summer. Hated that. That was the yep. b- I mean, for some people, it really works. I will say that. I think everyone can agree yeah. to that one. Uh, but did that. A bank seems to be a popular young person job. Cause you hear bank, and right? I think you assume salary. Yeah, you get to wear a suit. Yeah, that's oh my true god. As well, my yeah.
0: friends, I think they'll purposely be like, "Oh, dinner at 7? They'll stay late at the mm. office, and then they'll show up. And they're like, "Oh, guys, long day." <laughs> but some people love that. The yeah. They fucking love, love it. it. I, you can you always tell. I went to. Remember we went to dinner the other night for your brother's birthday. Yeah. You and me are wearing this yeah. suit, Table full of suits, and we're like. You can tell who works.
3: You're in George. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> who are the you're artists here? You can tell yeah. who, the, who the artists are. Okay. So you're, you're working so yeah, at the I, bank. I'm at a bank and I'm just like, this is miserable. I went on. Uh, so I spent actually spent that summer because it was an internship where they didn't really have me doing anything other than um, I basically spent the summer cleaning closets. I wasn't learning anything. You were a janitor. I was a janitor. For once in my life, I was truly a janitor. <laughs> <laughs> And so, but like no one, I realized quickly that no one cared about where I was ever. So I just took that as free reign that I could take, you know, a three hour lunch. I could go, but at the beginning it was just taking three hour lunches and hanging out with my buddies that weren't working. Um, And I quickly positioned that into, I really wanted to work again at the taxi, the other agency that I was working at. And so I just basically loitered there for a month and a half straight, and just pestered everyone about, can I have a job? Will you hire me again? And I was top of mind for everyone, and nothing was really happening um, until I was on a road trip that summer at the end of my tenure at the bank uh, in August. So I'm like, I'm just graduated school, I'm about to finish my banking internship, and I remember getting a bunch of emails from Taxi being like, hey, we have a position for you, um, but it might require you to move to Montreal. And at this point I'm in like Nashville or something like that with five other buddies. I was there in the summer. Yeah. On Great a time. Spot. I need to go back every week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that well, might put a toll on your body. you yeah, need a but... visa. Yeah. I know a guy. Yeah.
2: Um,
3: but they were like, yeah, cool. Like, can you come in and interview? And I had to be like, no, I'm vacationing right now, but I can do any interview you want me to do like via FaceTime. It's fine. And so I think I had four or five interviews, but it, being on a road trip actually worked in my advantage because I always had like a good icebreaker. Could I be like, I'm in a van with five other dudes. I'm sorry if it's loud. Or yeah, like I'm 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 in Virginia. Check out the mountains behind me. Like it was it was.
0: They're like, wow, this guy is such an interesting guy. Yeah, like we <laughs> got well
3: traveled. And it was a, it was for a place in Montreal, like the, the Montreal mm-hmm. office, and so. Um, and they had actually seen that I worked at a bank. And so that was in my advantage too. I had no real experience other than cleaning at that bank, but uh, they're like, this guy knows finance. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> a lot of finance in those closets. A lot closets. of finance
3: in those closets. Exactly. Um, but I just, I got that job, agreed to move to Montreal. And that was like an amazing experience because um, my dad's family is from Montreal. So I grew up there most summers and reconnected with a lot of old friends. Uh, but I kind of started getting really disenamored with, advertising after a while and I realized it wasn't Mad Men it wasn't Mad Men yeah it wasn't and I I was getting older I was slowing down maybe I don't know what it was yeah you think so (laughs) I don't think it was that (laughs) but it wasn't Mad Men it was more so that it was I've always been a very independent kind of uh, proactive competitive person and in the role I was doing it was really reactive and I had to kind of pander to a bunch of people all the time and so that started eating away at me. and You guys
0: both similar, kind of like you were doing something, that was eating away at you, you just knew you had to kind of change up.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and so then... I, I made a jump and I kind of, it was a weird jump. I was My dad got me my next job. So I guess I have a weird history of always getting jobs from weird ways. And I know that sounds really bad, but he was just talking to one of his drinking buddies about how I have these worries about advertising. And the guy literally called me the next day and said that he'll hire me. And where was this? It was. Uh, I was working um, remotely. I was still living in Montreal, which, if you're not making a lot of money, is it's like the closest thing to geo arbitrage that you can get in Canada, because like it's the the living cost in Montreal is so much cheaper than Toronto.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Really? Because Montreal is such an awesome city. It's
3: unreal. Best best summer in Canada, I would say. Okay. Winters are terrible. Winters are horrible. Oh. <laughs> so it's everyone true. leaves. Yeah. Um, but I did that job for a while, and it was like a marketing consulting got kind of a taste of uh, startups, we had to do some marketing for a nutritional startup that was, uh, it was a very interesting experience because there was no, um, it just wasn't as big as what I'm in now and so it was just strange and it was remote and I was working with people that were in all different destinations and so there wasn't a lot of clarity or, or there was too much clarity at times, it was just like very confusing. Um, but it allowed me basically to realize I wanted to move back to Toronto and find a new job that wasn't in advertising or marketing. And then that's when I um, kind of realized that I wanted a new job. Um, and then so how I kind of got looped into Sherpa was I was talking to uh, like one of my very good friends, uh, who is now my girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> and she basically connected me with her sister's now husband. Who connected me with Jake the sales guy that Max hired mm-hmm. and I remember meeting Jake at uh, a bar in Toronto
0: like that's a long
3: chain yeah that's yeah a I was long, just thinking long that chain. yeah it's like a weird kind of stepping stone and I remember he's like we're gonna meet a bar hop on King you're already pumped I'm pumped I went to the wrong bar hop
2: oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you're
3: like, Jake? I'm like, Jake. He's Somebody's like, like, yeah, what up? You're like, what's up, what's my up? great. To- <laughs> He's literally like, I'm on the second floor, and I go to the bar hop on King, and there is no second floor to the bar hop on King. And I'm just kind of frantic. I'm like, this, is like, this feels like my shot to get a job. I know it's a young company. There's not a lot of people there. It sounds like a good opportunity for me. I've already fucked it up. <laughs> I text him, hey, man, just realized there's two bar hops. Going to be a bit late. So I run in, and I'm like out of breath. And I remember sitting down, and he's just like, he—he he, at this point, he had a man bun and a, a big beard. Nice. And he looks like the, I don't know what the name of the character is in, in The Hobbit, but like that intense guy with the, the main oh, Hobbit. Oh, oh. Is, is, it's not Legolas? No. um, It's not. No, it's from The Hobbit movies.
0: Not oh, Lord oh, oh, not Aragorn. Not Aragorn. Yeah, no, no it's not okay. you're From, you're from The Hobbit. Himley. No, I'm thinking of the, the handsome swordsman. Oh, you're thinking of Aragorn. Yeah. But no. Yeah. Um,
3: but like a bushy beard, like lumber lumberjack kind okay. of beard. I'm like, fuck, this guy's intense. And then we just kind of sit there in silence for 45 seconds. I don't know where to start. And then we chat. And it was like a good chat. It, w- it had nothing to do with work. I he
0: just wanted to know if you could hang.
3: Yeah, I think he wanted to know if I could hang. I yeah. think I passed the test because then I got a, a text through a text that basically said, like, hey, he liked you. Uh, he wants to see you again in, in three weeks. And I think that you and him were in um, Singapore or you were in Atlanta. or You, were, you guys were traveling somewhere.
4: Yeah, we were we were traveling all over the place. Yeah, fan. from from our side, yeah. He's you know, what we were looking for basically was someone to it was getting really serious really quickly on the sales side. So we needed someone to take charge of the top of the funnel so that Jake could focus more on deals and closer to the bottom of the funnel. I didn't know what a funnel and he was. He was like, you know, I, we just need somebody <laughs> still don't know what it is. We just need somebody who can talk, somebody who's willing to kinda of learn some of this stuff. Yeah. So, uh, so y- you you proved that you could talk after that forty five seconds. Yeah. So
1: that's your current job, uh, your current My role current right job, now. Yeah. This He's is a sales art. guy. You're involved
4: now. Like, like David's been David's really grown in the role. Like when you started out, Thanks you didn't Max. have any sales experience really, and now you've got yeah. You, know, you really understand how how the first few parts of the sales process go. It's been really cool to watch.
0: I'm I'm really curious of what it's like to work at a twelve person. It was Startup? four
3: person, man. We, Full four person. Okay. It's my second Story, office yeah. as well. Like yeah. in this role since March, this is our second office. We were in somewhere else before this.
0: So just like, what's what's it like, like being that close to the action, like it's like seeing everything going on, just like showing up to work and like you're over there on a standing desk, I'm assuming, working no, on always. the de- <laughs> like the make or break deal, and you're you're calling some people. Like, what's that feeling like to be part of that?
3: It feels pretty wild. It, 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 it we don't do a lot of calling because of the time zones, mm-hmm. and so we schedule all of our emails to go out so they land in people's inboxes oh, okay. early in the morning. Boomerang. Boomerang, yeah, yeah. I think Gmail has a feature now, though. That's yeah. We use the G, the, the Gmail feature of it. I could work here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but like, just I, I actually, if we step back, mm-hmm. I remember my first interview with Max. They were as underprepared as I was.
4: Well, yeah, like we, uh, you're <laughs> the third. We'd hired uh, four, like three people before. We'd had to kind of restructure the business, so we took it back down to three people. When we decided we were going to go away from B to C, so we hadn't done a lot of hiring, and we definitely hadn't done a lot of hiring for sales. So we had like a few questions. I remember you had one great answer. Like all your other answers were like we had shitty questions, so the answers were kind of like Dude, yeah, Max. It was I walked question. in and
3: you were barefoot.
4: I'm still (laughs) off to barefoot, And that was the uh, first
3: thing I said. We're all standing there. There's four of us, Jake, Max, Ivan. And I was like, do you always walk around barefoot in the office? And you're like, oh, I didn't even realize I was barefoot. Startup (laughs) culture. That's a good start.
4: I remember being really tired, too. I think I just got off a flight or something like that that morning. Yeah. But um, I used to ask this question, like, what would you do if I gave you a thousand leads? And I thought, like, a bad answer was like, oh, I'd give it 110% and I'd try really hard. And I thought a good answer was like, oh, you know, I would test different things out and try all this different stuff. And I remember your answer was like, like I, I'd probably just chat with Jake for a while. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna stumble upon the right thing to do with these. I've gotta go figure it out. And I was like, oh, that's a great fucking answer. Nice. I was like, yeah, you did well really done. well in that interview. That was great.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's cool, man, because like I know that your unique way of thinking about stuff. Mm-hmm. So wherever you land, that I knew it was gonna be an interesting thing. And honestly, I was expecting more marketing. I thought that's where your mind took you. Yeah. So it's, it was interesting when you ended up in something like this. But when you start to see the culture and like who you're working with and like the, the, the involvement you can have in kind of a little bit of, of everything and just be around everyone, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It,
3: it, well, I think it's a lot of similar skills to marketing because it, it, it boils down to what's the problem that you're trying to solve and then you can kind of just tweak your, your writing or tweak your messaging or something like that. So you still have to understand who you're communicating with. It's just more of an individual level as I'm trying to you know, reach out to this company to sell to them versus in marketing, it's more mass communication. Mm-hmm. I've got some funny stories about that though, actually. The, it's the very first, I was like, I really want to get like a huge client for us. So I did way too much research on this one guy that worked at this one company. To the point that it was pretty creepy. Like, you knew. (laughs) I knew that he was a big cycler. I knew that it was almost cycling season. I knew what he was like an activist for. I knew basically when his birthday was. And I just sent him a cold email with all of this information.
0: (laughs) The the thing is that guy probably gets emails like that, but at the end it's asking for money, or else they're gonna yeah. re- you're gonna release this information. Oh yeah, I hope
4: Tracy's having a good time at kindergarten. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you have to send me five thousand dollars, or else I have we'll, your family. Yeah. <laughs> to to
1: clarify target clients for you guys are travel agencies or anyone
4: all kinds of different travel companies yeah Uh, yeah online travel agencies regular travel agencies airlines business travel companies all kinds of different stuff and
1: do you work with directly with airline companies today
4: yeah we do yeah so uh, so Iceland air is an example that's setting up in the next uh, the next couple weeks Uh, we've got a bunch of really exciting ones that we can't talk about yet Um, but, uh, yeah, we got loads of different companies working with us now. It's, it's a really cool time. So,
0: so awesome. what ended up happening with, uh, this gentleman?
3: I've had, I use LinkedIn very actively for my role. Uh, and so I've probably, you know, increased my connections on LinkedIn by 1500 since I started here. And in that time I've had two people unconnect with me and he's one of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: after that email went out. I sent him eight more emails after that. Rob. Yeah, it's right here. No, you just went after that email went out. It's right here. It's, it's right not. Here. It's not. You just did it again. Just lock it down, my dude. It's right here, man. You need, a, you need a stand for Robbie.
0: I don't know what it is. I I literally think I got to tape it like. Yeah, like that. But
2: we'll I'm curious. How did you get
1: linked up with the guy from Expedia?
4: Oh, it was a yeah. It was a whole chain of connections. You know, it was someone. We met someone at a uh, just a general kind of startup networking event who connected us to one person who was at a company that they'd invested in, who connected us to another person who then connected us to 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 Eric, um, and then we had a amazing first conversation with him. He had a good friend and Stu who was based in Toronto who come chat with us, and that's that's kind of how it went. Yeah. Yeah, that, That's how like, a lot of these go. It's a connection on a connection on a connection kind of thing.
2: Yeah. And
1: then for, you know, you spoke about first round seeding for uh, for what you guys have been up to. What is that? Like just my personal curiosity. I have no idea how that works. Mm-hmm. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, with VCs? Well, I,
4: a lot of it is um, uh, one interesting piece of advice I heard was, uh, you know, uh, venture capitalists want to see companies doing really interesting things with really boring deals. So it's like they don't want to see anything weird or or interesting in the deal. Uh, They want to see that you're doing something cool. The deals usually follow a very strict structure, you know, in terms of like what rights the investor is gaining. um, uh, You know, what valuations you can expect at different stages of the company in terms of like sales or usership or whatever it is. Um a book I'd recommend on the subject would be Venture Deals by Brad Feld. He's updated it a few times to match kind of what's going on in the general kind of tech funding ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I mean the way the, the way the deal looks like early on it's usually convertible debt, which is just very very simple to administer where it's like, you know, they get favorable terms on your next round of funding in exchange for some cash effectively, like it's it's uh, formatted as debt, but it's very—it's never used that way. You never end up paying back uh, interest only in terms—you pay back interest only in terms of what they get on your next round, um, and uh, and then after that, you're you are just kind of selling a part of the business in exchange for cash, um, and uh, it's it's always a, a good deal if the company is growing really quickly because you know you take a little bit of dil- bit of dilution, but the if you take you know. Twenty percent dilution, but the company grows, you know, twenty plus times in size, or twenty times uh, in size. It's 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 more than worthwhile to sell some of the company. Um, and uh, those deals, again, like if it's an interesting company, that's great. They, they don't want to see a, a deal that kind of goes uh, too far outside of what they're what they're used to. Um, yeah.
0: I uh, before we get into the kind of just the shooting the shit and chilling out. Uh, a couple of questions I wanted to ask was, I just like to put myself in your shoes. Like you have now done some things that I don't know if you ever thought were possible when you were coming, w- when you first met uh, with Ivan and said, let's have some ideas. Now you have money. You have people you're responsible to. You have people that work for you. What is that? What goes through your mind like nightly, daily? Are you? Are you nervous? Are you scared? Are you motivated by it? Like, what does that feel like?
4: One really good thing for me was that I had, so the the company that I interned at and then went back to, when I interned there, it was like maybe a dozen people. When I came back, it was 50, 60 people. And by the time I left, it was like 100. Now it's 250 or something like that. So I got to see... A company growing and uh, I really had just so much respect for the people that were growing the business I got to really see what they were thinking about and stuff like that that helped a lot beyond that just feedback from uh, you know for us a lot of it was uh, was Stuart McDonald just like what does it look you know what should you really focus on if you have to hire people quickly Um, so you know we built this hiring process really meticulously Around understanding really quickly, is this theoretically a good fit? Can this person technically do the uh, do the demands of the role? And then we spend actually most of our time in the application process on, is this person a good fit for A, a startup, and B, our startup? You know, are we comfortable working with this person? Are they, are they comfortable with us? Yeah, I guess that's a big so part of it, right? That's a lot of the biggest thing. You're like, working
1: so closely yeah. together, right? That, uh, I mean... It can probably go a little more unnoticed in bigger yeah. companies, right? Because oh, you get more yeah. distance. But like when you know, especially in a workspace like this. Yeah, and that's,
4: that's one important. of the that was one of the awakenings I had in my twenties. Right? You think about companies as these kind of, uh, you know, monoliths uh, in and of themselves. Uh, these kind of like you know government type things that are just kind of like shells of bureaucracy kind of thing. Uh, but then you kind of realize when you're at a company, it's like, oh, it's just a group of people right? Yeah. And it's like they're usually brought together around this kind of shared idea about how they're making the world better. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, you really have to, uh, you have, you really, when you're, when you're in, uh, the posi- our position now where you got to hire a bunch of people and set up, it's like you gotta, you gotta find people that are, that are really into what you're doing, you know, that are really, uh, be- because, you know, one thing you have to get over is like, you know, you're not making all the decisions anymore because all of a sudden, you know, if your company has to grow grow and keep growing at a really fast rate, it can't all be two people. So you've got to think about how do we bring people in? Uh, how do we uh, make them comfortable? How do we let them know that they can make decisions? And how do we know that they're going to make good decisions? Um, so that's those are the things you kind of stay awake at night about. You know, you don't, yeah, you don't really. It's like the
0: relinquishing of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trusting you're your basically your. Yeah. And you, yeah. and you
4: see the returns on picking good people. Like, you know, we're not. I'm not sitting there worried about sales because I know that if I invest in a really good user experience designer, our, our sales and conversion will go up. We've seen that happen. You know, we hired an amazing, like even junior user experience designer who had like a couple notes on how we should improve our product interface. And we saw amazing returns on conversion. So, you know, I'm not sat up late at night worrying about uh, about sales because I, I trust that our sales team is sourcing amazing deals for us. Our product team is building an amazing product. I'm really worried about like, how are we going to find, you know, a dozen more amazing people?
0: Interesting. I, w- I would have thought about it a little differently. I would have thought you would have been worried about those, those investor metrics, those targets, how are you hitting it? But you are saying you're confident in the product Yeah. and you know that when you hire the right people, it, it reflects in all those numbers so it's how do you find that next 12 that next 24
4: yeah if you're just worried about the raw numbers I mean you're just going to be worried all the time and you got to think a lot about I mean so much of what you do in any job is so much about your psychology you know it's about it's about your habits it's about how you respond to things it's about the systems that you have in place for how you actually um, evaluate and deal with things um, so, you know, if you're, if you're worried about, uh, about outcomes, um, you're just going to be worried all the time. It's, and you're going to be so ineffective in your job. You gotta, you gotta step back you know, whenever anything bad kind of happens, like, I guess we can talk about it now. Like, you know, Thomas Cook went under, you know, we had a, we had a very kind of public deal with Thomas Cook and it's like, can't do anything about it, man. You know, he just went under. Yeah. And, and you feel really bad for the people that are there and you hope that they all land on their feet. But it's like you can't sit there and say like, oh, man, that really could have made a big deal. That could really could have been a big deal for us. Um, you just got to go like, you know, this this kind of thing happens. We got to move on and we got to continue just uh, executing.
0: Well, running a business, it's probably like it's probably universal throughout but basically, it's just problems after problems after problems. And your problems get a little bit bigger, but you get a little bit better at solving them and you have a team to help you. Um, and I think, you know, I think we touched on a lot of cool stuff about your business, about about the mentality, about the culture. Um, and, you know, I, I just uh, I just wanted to, you know, end it with some lighter notes, some just fun chats. First of all, this plant here, you have a banana tree plant in your office that doesn't yield any bananas but it <laughs> smells like bananas if you rip the leaf this huge plant if you're watching the video um second that uh, plant has
4: a sister in the other
1: room too i think we have three banana trees
4: yeah i don't know what that third one is how do you get, yeah. i'm
1: like i'm trying to wrap my head around how do you get a banana plant that doesn't make <laughs> any bananas
4: so oh, i man. got I, I when we moved <laughs> in here i was like we need some like like other foliage. living stuff around we need some foliage. So we've been buying a couple of small plants yeah. and stuff like that. I think I mentioned it to my mom. My mom's like, the, you know, how moms are the most supportive yeah. person in the world.
0: Did she come in and disinfect your entire office like my mom would?
4: Oh man, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a yes. <laughs> uh, but uh, I get a call one day and it's just, and I'm like doing some stuff, and she's just like, Plant World's going out of business. Do you want some plants? I was like, Yeah, sure. And she shows up with like two banana trees. <laughs> An unknown tree, an yeah. unknown tree of whatever sort. Like basically, she got she had like whatever plant world had left. Like Unreal, car, yeah, right? start
0: the car. Unreal, yeah, start, yeah. The start the
2: car. Start the car.
4: Yeah. <laughs> she's running out with trees. So uh, so that was like a, that was like a, a wish uh, answered for sure. Yeah.
0: And, and my my second question is, how are we even here? How did that all happen? Were you just did you just think of it one day? Like yeah,
3: be- I mean I, I think part of it. Max and I were kind of talking about. Um, maybe doing our own podcast one day yeah. Um, more focused on uh, just global trends and how they uh, kind of affect the travel industry Mm -hmm. and so we had no idea what a podcast looked like other than kind of being consumers of it but like being part of Building one we thought would be a good experience to kind of make one of our own. And you're like, yeah, well, I know, you, I know guys, just you guys are guess. doing one. It's yeah. like,
4: how does this get done? Yeah. Like we're, yeah. we're trying to get really involved. A lot of people that join the company don't have travel experience. And I think it, it helps us in some ways. because mm-hmm. We have a kind of out, outside perspective on how do we bring in really cool stuff from like FinTech and other kind of uh, interesting tech industries into travel um but you know it's meant that we've had to really focus on getting out to events we have like travel tech to that i host that we, we yeah we really bartend to. at
1: yeah. these events all the time
4: that's where i've seen you before you at <laughs> sit bar yeah yeah oh man oh, you know oh, what now what? that you make that yeah. connection yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. you look familiar from uh, these events that's yes because I've, I've definitely like, talked there. Seen before, before, we talked at one of the i've events. seen yeah. dave there yeah, yeah. before but um, yes cool. Yeah. That's where I know you from. What? Um, <laughs> Wait, were you, were you at FinTech <laughs> like, last night? The most of uh, two no, of I our wasn't. guys were, Ali um, and, uh, guys Dale were Dale there. and two guys were there. Okay, remember, yeah. yeah.
4: Um, but so we into that and we're thinking about doing a podcast mm-hmm. as well, just because we, we talked to a lot of people to set up Travel Tech TO. So we're like, oh, you know, we can, we can turn that into its own thing. Synergies.
0: Ah, uh, synergies. Well, definitely, uh, we can show you. It's very easy. It's extremely easy, actually. We helped a
1: couple of our buddies do one recently, actually. You know, oh, They nice. came over and we gave them the, Col- the Coles notes oh, yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, of how it all goes. And uh, yeah, I mean, just, uh, it takes a little bit of commitment and some scheduling. And- it takes
0: about an afternoon okay, to start a podcast. Uh, maybe a, maybe an evening on Amazon in advance to order a couple items if you right. don't have them. But, yeah. uh, and then maybe, what, four or five days to get approved?
1: Yeah not much. I mean, we had a majority of the stuff from musical stuff that we do. So, uh it wasn't too hard for us to But, I can together, definitely but, show
0: you guys that. Yeah. Maybe. Um the next thing is uh I don't know if I'm missing anything. Oh yeah, so you said you'd listen to a couple episodes.
4: Yeah, and I you know, I'm sitting there listening to one of the one of my favorite subjects for uh for uh you know, complaining about what most people think about uh uh, it just just in, in the kind of general, you know, when you're having conversations with people about renting versus buying, I always find myself really hard on the side that few people take up. And I find it's also the side that I think there are a lot of bad arguments for that get okay. reiterated.
0: So just to preface anyone who hasn't heard our second or third episode, yeah. we did a rent versus buy uh, mm-hmm. episode from a friend that bought a condo. And uh, he might have been a little biased. He bought a really nice condo. Yeah. but. It wasn't just him. We've heard buy from family members. From, of course. And and so it's yeah. really interesting. When he came in here, you had a different well, opinion.
4: buy used to make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. right? You know, uh, it, when people were able to put less of their disposable income towards the house, buy made a lot of sense. I think right now, um, if you're telling someone in their 20s to buy without actually looking at their financial situation, you can really be leading them in a really tough direction that's going to make their life just a lot more difficult. And I think a lot of the concerns with renting are also unfounded, too. Like, you know, first off, the number one concern you hear with renting, um, oh, you're throwing money away. You're burning money um which is just not true you know like you don't you don't go grocery shopping and think uh oh, why aren't you farming those tomatoes you're just burning money <laughs> you know like I think it's, that, it's no, that's it's really true my- it's you know it's like you, you're you're paying for something you know you're paying to live in this place and you know the people who are you know actually paying the mortgage on that place they're paying Loads and loads and carrying costs they're paying usually a lot They're gonna have to pay loads and land transfer fees. Usually they're not able to recoup all of that and rent So you're paying a pretty steep discount on what you would actually pay to be living in that place Anyway, you are paying to live somewhere. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty fundamental. But you're saying
0: the gap in rent versus the fees is what you can invest it's the difference yeah.
4: between the two. And, and and a really big thing, and there are multiple points to that. I mean, one thing is you shouldn't have all of your assets in one basket, mm. you know, like for you to take all of your money as a kind of mid-20 something and put it all into one asset. And, you know, man, look at it, you know, like houses don't always go up. Detroit. You know, not even Detroit, man, right here. Like new housing prices have gone down a couple of basis points the last year. Um, it's it's not it's not the kind of always bright story that you hear from people. And even when you hear the always bright story, it's like housing prices have doubled over the last twenty years. That only means like three to four percent per annum. You know, you can easily get that in any you can get you can get that in, in an ETF. And in what about inflation? Bond. What about what about inflation? Yeah. You're not really beating inflation too much. The the big thing for me these aren't the big points for me. The big point for me is leverage. I think a lot of people don't understand financial leverage. It's like if you're if you're taking your you know ninety hundred thousand dollars whatever you have usually a lot of people start a lot lower than that mm-hmm. and you're leveraging it you know ten times over that means you know a move of five percent imagine there's a five percent correction that's wiped out half of the money that you have in on that house if you sell it you've all of a sudden lost half of your money it's going to take you years to recoup all of that. Uh, and I think a lot of people just don't realize that going into it, you know, they think, okay, I'm getting a load of money for this. It's going to be great. I, I don't have to, you know, realize the value of that money until much later. Uh, cause it feels up, like a bank
0: account. That's what I thought. I was like, uh, you know what? Yeah. Instead of paying rent, yeah, I'm exactly. just kind of putting it into this bank account, which yeah, I can right. get back later.
4: Yeah. People don't realize the kind of hidden costs, uh, around transferring land as well. Like it's, it's really tough for people. Um, Another big point. I noted all my points down because I'm always upset about this. Um, (laughs) I love it.
0: (laughs) We need to hear this. So like who else needs to hear it, but our our generation that soon is going to be purchasing, like do you you rent, I'm guessing then after all this. Yeah, I do. Uh,
4: And and, you know, I've always tried to uh, invest in a really smart way. And if you look at it, you know, if, if I had done, it's been about 10 years now, if I had, gone out and bought a house you know, I wouldn't have been able to start a company. I would have been tied to this really high mortgage, uh, mortgage payment. I was much more flexible. It's really easy for me to move places. I had to move from Scarborough to Toronto. It was the easiest thing in the world. I would have paid tens of thousands of dollars to do that. Otherwise, if I had, a, if I owned a place mm-hmm. or I would have had to incur all kinds of extra costs around renting my place out and then going back to this back to rent somewhere else. Um, and then beyond that, I've been able to actually build an acumen for investment, which I think is another thing that people often don't touch on just when they're that, talking uh, about this. When you when you're turning towards Yeah, yeah, it. I, like an acumen for investment, w- w- and by which I mean like, you know, if, if you've got all of your money in a house, you're not understanding what it means to think about an investment portfolio. So you know? did
0: you do that through self-study or was someone like kind of telling you what
4: yeah. to do? Yeah, lot, a lot of that was, was through self-study. A lot of it was through just stuff I learned uh, just from friends and stuff like that. A lot of reading. Did you lose uh,
0: any money in Bitcoin, like I did? Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't lose any money in Bitcoin. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, Net even. I didn't make very much money in Bitcoin either, though. So. Dude, I, I, uh, yeah. for a guy, I so I passed all three CFAs. And oh wow, good for you! If this isn't a testament to how much it doesn't actually teach you how to invest, sure, it just teaches you technical, right? Which is great. Which, if you had maybe if you had a guided mentorship or whatever, you could apply it. But, um. I remember this, this bubble yeah. is, is coming, and I'm like, you know what? I kind of think I understand this. I'm like, it's, it's, not, it's not any of these CFA metrics. It's really just advertising and hype. Mm. And I was like, I can understand that. So I'm like, okay, what are, what are the next going to be hyped things? And I was so focused on hype and advertising, I missed the entire bubble. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't see the entire thing was about to deflate. So I, f- I found a few that I thought was going to get hyped up through, you know, a big deal, like Ripple or something got a- was going to get a big deal with banks or et cetera. And I picked a few of those and they grew. And then the bubble burst and I lost almost the entire amount <laughs> I put in there. So I was like, right, CFA doesn't make you. Yeah smart
4: at all yeah experience experience, experience. experience. Was, but, but yeah smart. like you know there's a the, when when you talk about opportunity cost what's I find is often lost is it's not just the opportunity cost of that cash going towards uh, like something that's literally sitting there decaying um, but it's also just the the time that people are able to spend saying okay you know I'm able to put aside you know uh, 20 40% of my salary to put into a balanced portfolio what's that portfolio going to look like what directional investments do I want to actually make in companies this is a, a, a huge body of knowledge that people are neglecting by saying like i'm going to put literally everything i have plus 10x more into into this you know house or condo or whatever it is so i'm i'm very much on the renting side i don't should ever worry about burning money if you're worried about burning money, think about all the money you're wasting not growing your own tomatoes. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, because you could probably I have love a that tomato analogy. plant for fifty cents. That's right.
0: And you're spending probably maybe fifty bucks on tomatoes a year That's if true. you're a big tomato guy. Probably more. If you really maybe more. Tomatoes. It's yeah. it's interesting, but like both of my parents are accountants, and um, it it's just it might be just a gen it might just be a generational thing. They saw success in houses they were able to continually upsize it was a safe store of their money they never saw a downside to purchasing homes um and in fact it it allowed it it worked i think is what you're you're saying it could work but it could also yeah it could work but i mean you look all the way back
4: to the 50s you would have been better off with uh with a diversified portfolio than having a house people say like you know you know houses are worth 50 times more than they were you know, 50 years ago, it's like, well, yeah, everything was worth so much less back then. Mm-hmm. We, there was hyperinflation in the 70s. You know, it's it's uh, it's the kind of thing where it's it's a it's an easy thing to put a number on, but um, but you know, you could just as easily say the same thing about you know most decent investments.
0: When um, so I don't. This might be completely unrelated because I want to come back to this. But yeah. does this have any sort of application to depreciating stuff like cars? Like leases, uh, buying, yeah, you know, yeah, or is that unrelated? Sure.
4: With car, with cars, it's really tough, you know. Like uh, you, it's it's similar in the sense that you just have to do the math, mm-hmm. right? You know, like for me, uh, I would have, I probably would have been on the side of leasing a car, but um, I just absolutely loved. Uh, I had these these great childhood friends that only bought hondas and they buy one every like 15 years and drive it into the ground i just love that idea that uh they took they took they ate the depreciation but they didn't pay anything on service because they'd never break any parts and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so i was like oh let's do an experiment and see if that works so in 2012 i graduated in 2012 in 2013 i bought my little Honda fit and I've literally never replaced a part on it. That's nuts. And I just, I have, a, I have a car yeah. that's
0: five years old and yeah. I, I was just in the shop. 500 crazy, bucks. crazy,
4: man. They're it, Hondas and Toyotas, man. Like you actually can get some value out of them, especially if you buy them a couple of years old. Um, you know, if you're going to buy a car that you think you're probably going to incur some cost on, you're probably better with a lease. Yeah. Um, there's like a some cars are like, pretty yeah. well. Exactly. Something where you're really going to take a hit on depreciation. It, um, but I mean the, the the main point is just like you just got to do the math, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: No, it's it's interesting and I, I'm surprised we haven't dove into stuff like this cuz all of our friends are choosing lease or buy car, rent or buy condo. The with the exact age. He's
1: the first advocate in a while that i've heard for renting well
0: we've heard creatives be like rent you need flexibility yeah, yeah but they exactly. weren't like rent the numbers make sense yeah <laughs> they're like rent let me paint a p- picture from like this a is important. smart perspective um my other question was what then do you feel about uh f- financial downturns just kind of wait them out
4: well yeah there's so much to do with the context too right like you know the um i mean the the bright side of any downturn is that it's a great opportunity to buy. Typically, you yeah. know, a lot of stuff is going to be depressed beyond what it should be. Um, you know, for us, from a company perspective, you've just got to be prepared for it. You've kind of got to have your war chest together. You've got to have a really good buffer. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, it's 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 if you think about it as a time of like death and rebirth, you've got to think what's coming out of this. What's going to be really valuable after. Whatever's going on here, um,
0: it's, yeah. it's it could be a constructive process. Like a lot of people made money on the recessions. Uh, yeah, of course. It was it was the people kind of playing with fire that, that yeah, get yeah. burned, and the companies that don't have the buffers, like you say.
4: Oh yeah, one of my favorite like analysts is definitely uh, Kyle Bass, just because he's you know uh, sick name. He's on the on the sh- always on the short side, and always looking for like you know this is this is this is going to be your opportunity when things get overhyped. And I, I think, you know, you've got to get, uh, you've got to be able to get really psyched about interesting new things. Uh, you've got to be able to sell what's, what's interesting, but you've, got, you've also really got to understand, like, you know, what are the fundamentals here? Uh, what is overblown? Um, how can we protect ourselves against uh, something bad happening? Like, speaking as the company, you can obviously just apply that to your own personal kind of finance as well. Um, but yeah, I've always loved the people that just have a really realistic view of things. Uh, like listening to him talk about Bitcoin is really interesting because it's like, yeah, fundamentally the technology is transformational. It's really cool, but um, you know, there's there's probably an overvaluation in, in on in this thing just based on you know everybody and their mother wanting to wanting to have it kind of thing. Uh, it, I think that's kind of the line you've got to walk.
0: For for the for the person that say maybe isn't as analytical as you just for the general, you know Robbie or me and uh, or David and uh, we were we're maybe not able to, or we just don't have the drive to, to look at it like that is what do you think of stuff like wealth simple of or like throwing it in, in an ETF and just holding it kind of deal? It's great
4: wealth wealth simple is awesome uh, my Love my wealth simple my wife uses wealth simple I I, you know, I don't want to touch your books uh, <laughs> but uh, Um, uh, and, and she loves it and she's kind of what you're describing, but for, for finance, uh, like she's a physiotherapist, right? Doesn't have a lot of financial acumen and like probably really doesn't need to, uh, you know, but, but wealth simple has done an amazing job of packaging, uh, a balanced portfolio in a really accessible way, uh, in a way that's also very transparent. Uh, one of my main issues with, you know, having a, a wealth manager is that you know they're they're you know they have a lot of incentives around presenting your portfolio in a way that kind of helps them present themselves as
0: providing, yeah, they got their own personal and agendas. to take risks and to make yeah. that, that quick buck.
4: Wealth Simple is an amazing kind of not neutral platform for sure, but at least platform for helping people understand what's going on um and you know setting you up to have a balanced portfolio
1: even if you just want to use it as a basic savings account oh, totally. you get way more returns out of putting money into wealth simple than you would any other bank that you set up with having a savings account and it's crazy and I just spent, you like, see for, everything it's super but it's easy, not a super savings transparent account. Totally. but but it's 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 yeah, not so a,
0: you have to understand that if shit's going whack out there maybe pull your how easily can you get your money out a well Simple? You know what I mean, like.
1: Well, it's. I mean, it's like a ten day, like up to ten days or whatever it is. I know. You know? but like, I'm just saying, it's not a bank. You it's, to, it's, it's not a bank, but also, yeah. it's like if you want a little bit more of return, you want to get into investing. But,
0: but keep an, an eye really on the, the market. Which, <laughs> and yeah, what do you sure. do then? Well, you're around the energy all the time. It's probably a little bit affecting what your the decisions you're the making. Decisions.
3: I'm, I'm still paying off my student debt. Okay, so that's the only thing I'm focusing on right now.
0: Uh, that's a that's a grind. Yeah. So good luck with that. But after Thank that, you. it's training you to put money away somewhere. So your yeah. lifestyle is adjusted to having a percentage of your income go somewhere. That's when I'll somewhere. go talk
3: to Max, or I'll talk to Jake. Yeah. And figure yeah. that.
0: But it's nice being around yeah, yeah. this type of. That's you know, like another. Yeah. You thing, got a good resource it's here. It's a good sponge. Yeah. Another that's benefit so. to being in a startup is just being around generally exciting, bright, bright people. Yeah. Um, or maybe in a company, it's more diluted. Because they have ten people doing mm. the job, that maybe one person here needs to do. Uh, that's not a generalization, but uh, I mean that is a generalization. But it, uh, it it's cool that we got to touch on that and all that. And I, I don't know what the time is on the podcast here, but we can do our final segment. We're at about
1: eighteen minutes over.
0: Eighteen minutes over. Okay, let's yeah. let's do the final thing, which is just a little tidbit, a lighthearted tidbit to uh, wrap things up. But okay. you ever watch How I Met Your Mother?
1: No, not really. I've seen a couple episodes.
0: There's like, there's like these like bro rules, and I should really Google what they were called because I never get them right. You
1: always reference it, but you're like, oh, there's this one thing. I mm. think it was called this. It's just,
0: it's just basically you give these rules of like bro rule, like number 114, oh, like, like the bro code. Bro code. Bro that's code. it. The bro. Code. It? Okay. How many people have been like, "It's bro code"? Every time they hear me say bro rules, um, but it's just like he, he gives a simple <laughs> tidbit, right? Kind of response to. Bro, issues. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think keep, that many people
1: watch. Is was how you I met your mother that big of a show?
0: Uh, you know, good question. I think it was. <laughs> but but uh, so noticed, we so. we are thinking of a, a similar code, but just for uh you know people in their twenties. And uh, the topic today we wanted to ask you about because I knew you have tattoos, mm. and I didn't know if you did or not. But as no, no as a CEO and someone who's uh you know in the business hiring and stuff like that. I wanted to talk about tattoos in your 20s. and and twenties. And, and is there still a stigma about around them? What's the deal? Should you get them? Why didn't you get them? Why did you get them? Mm-hmm. And and that sort of general vibe. So we can put a tidbit to piece the of advice it. on it. Yeah,
4: yeah. I think there's a really big qualitative aspect to it, right? It's like if you got like if you got something tattooed across your forehead, you're probably not <laughs> doing too well. But like. I, yeah, I, I love it when people have like a tattoo that tells a story about some point in their life. I think that's always, I think that's great. Um, yeah. In terms of like where it is on their body, I think that's probably the biggest thing that you've mm. got to worry about. Um, Just like
0: decision-making skills.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you got tattoos all over your hands, you might worry, and you, you know, this is someone who's like working on integrations. You might worry about how that might be looked at by someone outside of the company, other so, cultures and things, other cultures and things like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd just say, you know, really think hard about what it means to you and and, uh, and obviously, like, what you think it might mean to other people. But I, I don't think you should have, like, a, a rule against tattoos or anything like that.
0: Is there any reason why you don't have tattoos?
4: Um, I've actually, I've, I've thought about getting tattoos before um, at different points in my life. I've just never kind of pulled the trigger Um i don't
0: know just nothing nothing quite st- stuck out yeah nothing was nothing
4: was enough uh nothing really kind of uh made me think enough like oh yeah like that's something that definitely represents me
0: and then what uh, what about your your tattoo decisions artistic meaningful mix of both I mix of both I have four
3: the first one I got was my buddy was uh trying to learn how to do stick and pokes mm. so I let him do one on my ankle because I didn't think anyone would see it
0: Mm, seen all the time?
3: Seen not that often, only when <laughs> I'm in low top converse as opposed to the high top converse. Like today. Like today, yeah. So where <laughs> and is probably it? Probably most days in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little triangle, though, so. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I and mean, a lot of people have that, I've exactly, seen that, yeah. yeah. So I'm not too worried about that one. I have one on my uh, right forearm, that was the second one I got. It's my family crest, I don't know if the, the camera can pick it up. Your family crest is a hand? It's a, f- it's a severed hand, yeah. What, so, why? Uh, if you go way back to Ireland, there's a, a, a like a little village or or township or whatever and they're kind of with their chief exploring new lands and the, the chief basically told the people that were exploring whoever and they were in these boats and they kind of came around this river bend he's like whoever touches the new land first gets to claim it as their own so the story is that my ancestor went uh in, in this kind of boat race that to touch to land wasn't winning and so he did what any competitive person would do that wants whatever it is that they're going after and he just cut his hand off and threw it and it landed on the beach. You're kidding me. No, that's that's the story. And
0: that, he, that, that was a technical win.
3: Yeah. That's I like, remember
0: you telling me this
4: story. Yeah. You have told you, me You'd be pretty sore story. if they like caught you on a technicality. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> no yeah. a hand needs to be connected. Subsection one. It's still yeah. got to be on your
3: body. I mean, like, who knows how true it is? I like to think it's it's very factual, but it's like to to be able to be on a boat, have someone else. He probably had someone cut his his hand off for him and mm. throw it. Because I mean, it's his. It's the right hand, and I feel like if you go back then, no one was left-handed. Everyone was trained to be right-handed. Mm-hmm. And what if he missed? Oh. <laughs> So was yeah. Well
0: the line. <laughs> but yeah. that's you know, the yeah. no risk, no reward. So I remember you telling me that. So you got a tattoo. I got on that a... one.
3: That that's a meaningful one. Um, the the next one I got was kind of on my left forearm. It's just a bit uh, higher up in my shirt, so I can't show it. Uh, but it is of the Vitruvian Man, just a bit simplified. So the what, sorry? The Vitruvian Man. You know Da Vinci's sketch of the. Oh the yeah, dude? yeah, okay. Uh, uh, just I. The only thing I kind of removed from it was the eyes and the nose and the mouth and the penis thought it'd yeah. be weird to have that on my arm yeah 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 so i removed that and that one I, I just finished reading uh walter Isaacson's biography of uh leonardo da vinci and that's a fantastic book if anyone wants to read that so, so it's it was, a meaningful it was, this was one
0: a, just more like uh but like an artistic
3: yeah kind it, of because if you look if you peel back all the layers in, in his paintings it, it it becomes really scientific so it's a lot of it is art built on the scaffolding of science and, and what da vinci did and i was like that's pretty cool. That can be applied to you at the time, marketing and advertising, where you kind of look for a fact. Um, you try to build some sort of really creative, uh, point from that fact or that statistic, or even this business that we have now, or that you guys have that I'm lucky to be a part of. Um, and then the last one I got is of, it it was originally Big Ben and I have a matching tattoo now with two of my other good buddies. Uh, and we had gone on a, a Euro trip and we had been partying in London, England together. Didn't get the tattoo in London. Uh, we all came back, met up for, for drinks, got had a couple too many drinks, walked yep. by a tattoo studio, said, let's get a matching tattoo. And now I got this horrendous...
0: Oh, it's horrendous. It, it's, uh, it, it, it's,
3: it's very good work. It's just, yeah. I wish I didn't get it where I got it. It's kind of off-centered on my tricep, coming onto my bicep a bit. And it's like very good line work. The tattoo is really well done. I just wish I put it in a different spot. I mean, now I just tell people it's the Summerhill LCBO tower. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: that's unreal. Yeah,
3: I like to drink. Yeah. So
0: so, so that tattoo, was that the... F- like that was f- the last one. That I was thought. the last that one. A, so la- you thought you'd learn, like...
3: Yeah, you would think that you learned, learn, but you don't. I think that's just like uh It wasn't peer pressure, but you got a bunch of guys together mm-hmm. and no one wants to back out and be the one that didn't do it. And maybe it is a family thing because I did basically cut my hand off by getting that tattoo. You know what I mean? I had to prove that's a deep. point. I'm a bit stubborn, so I was like, I'll get this tattoo. And Th- I went first. I remember going first, so they didn't back out.
0: That's The, the thing is, that's the problem, is you should have made them go first because...
3: But then you can't leave your buddy like that. that I know, but
0: then you wouldn't back out. But like they could have backed out yeah, after yeah, yeah, you yeah, got yeah. it, technically. But the, the question is, is, when you're getting these tattoos, you're not thinking... You're not thinking, okay, this is affecting employment. Like, there used to be a stigma around yeah, tattoos. Yeah, no, I've
3: never thought it will affect any of my I don't options. know
0: what your parents said to you growing up, but it was it was something along the lines of don't ever get them, ever.
3: Yeah, something like that, yeah. They're my for criminals. My mom's got a tattoo. Huh? My mom's got a
0: tattoo. Okay, so maybe a little bit progressive yeah. of a parent, but... I think it's progressed
1: as, you know, the same way of workplace culture, you know, like yeah. you look at... What Dave's wearing right now, just well, kind this is of startup jean, Chic, and... this is startup chic. But yeah. but but even yeah, jeans
0: and a polo, wearing very, very simple
1: Running jeans and Lacoste. Yeah, yeah. we and go
3: flip flops sometimes.
0: You, you still you still gotta wear a business casual yeah. to the office at at big companies. But tattoos, what I'm thinking at big companies are starting to become normal. Like yeah, managers probably, have yeah. them and stuff like that. Mm. And I think if we're gonna if we're gonna boil it down to a tidbit, you're saying that it's not the tattoo. It's the placement. It's the placement. Yeah, and like I guess that can be extreme style. Like don't get yeah. a a, di- a dick on your arm.
3: Yeah, yeah. But like but I think the pl- it's not the tattoo. It's the placement. It's a good one because, as you said, it's decision making skills.
0: It's decision making skills.
1: I think part of the decision making though too is what you're getting too. You know, it's it actually it tells a little bit about yourself where where you, where you, you get thing. yeah right. right and what it is too.
0: Because I, I, I think I'm a decision maker, but I went with a less meaning tattoo. Mm. Just artistic on my ankles. Thought it looked cool from a movie. Wanted to look rock and roll. We'll wrap this up right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, right, I've got to leave right after this. The tidbit, I think, would be if you're kind of too... like If you're too young, like maybe fucking hold off on that a little bit.
3: I went to U of T for three years and I almost got the U of TT on my back. And then I transferred to Western. So that goes... Yeah. To your point, imagine if I had the U of T on my back at Western.
0: <laughs> L- like maybe, maybe legitimately run it by somebody that's not your
3: buddies. Or wait on it for a year. If you wait
0: still on it for a year. I waited on mine for almost a year. And I think that's the the tidbit. I think the only thing I can say is the longer you wait on a tattoo and you still want it, the better that tattoo yeah. is. I think we have a bit of an instant gratification culture. Um, the tidbit for your 20s, it's. Not that anyone's going to judge you on your tattoo based on stigma. They're going to judge you on your decision-making skills. So just try to make a dis- good decision. Take more time. Choose it. Ask people like you would any major decision that's going to affect you for life. And uh, then you're going end up looking pretty dope because I like your tattoos. And they have meaning. And I haven't seen the Big Ben one. but You don't need to see that one. The Summer uh, Hill Market one. You know, but uh, I'm going to see that one. We're going I'll to show see. you after. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, other than that, thanks so much for taking that much time. Uh, if we'd paid the market rate for it, we probably couldn't afford it. But thanks so much. <laughs> no, but we would it, have guys. rented and not bought <laughs> <time>. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> here. Uh, Is there anything you guys want to plug? Any any last tidbits you didn't get out? Uh, yeah, we're, for uh, we're hiring.
4: If anyone's really interested in what we're doing, uh, come on by. Yeah.
0: Any skill sets in particular? Any, any areas in particular? All
4: of the skill sets. We just want people who are excited about what we're doing. Cool. Yeah.
0: And your website?
4: Uh, Joinsherpa.com.
0: Awesome. If you're traveling, joinsherpa.com. If you're looking to work with these cool dudes and uh, uh, 10 more in an office, a really cool office, reach out. Uh, All their info will be in the show notes. And on that note, Robbie. We'll see you next. Tuesday.